0: What's up, Bookworms? It's your host, MJ. I know this sounds a little different because I'm flying so low today. Um, Stevie has been so amazing, such a great PA, and uh, Kat Singleton's book, Falling, I Kat Singleton's book, Fog, Founded on Goodbye, is coming out tomorrow, and she's, you know, busy working with her and getting everything ready for that kind of thing, so I'm handling the podcast today. Um, You are warned. Caution. Caution when entering the ride is all I gotta say. Um, So it's gonna be super exciting. I miss her already. I miss her energy. It sucks. I ain't not having her here. Um, but it's gonna be super fun. We got a super cool episode for you guys in store today. Um, quick little things. Uh, one for me, I released merch. So if you read, if you read any of my books, uh, you can go grab merch. The link is in my Instagram bio. Um, you can get Fury hoodies with your favorite Fury player's number and last name on the back. You can get, you know, your favorite Fury player's girl's nickname like valley and ice queen uh, moon eyes lovey little poet the whole lines all of that you can also get rhett kennedy's merch for his band and that kind of stuff so it's super cool i'm super excited about it make sure you guys go check it out um quick little things about books like i said Cat singleton love her to death shout out to my boo love her Um, she's releasing Founded on Goodbye, which is a pop star romance that's literally epic. I loved this book. It releases tomorrow on all platforms, so make sure you guys go check that out. Um, Gianna Darling's releasing uh, uh, the second part of When Villains, When Heroes Fall, and then When Villains Rise on June 30th, um, which is mafia romance. Very cool, very dark. I really loved it. Loved the first one. Can't wait. Um, and then Say Yes by Candy Steiner is also releasing tomorrow. All, super amazing. I know that this book is like based in, I want to say like the 80s and it's in Europe kind of, and there's an artist and that kind of thing. So, and everybody knows that Candy is known for angst. So it's going to be great. I'm going to read it tomorrow. So make sure you guys go uh, check all that stuff out. Other than that, I think everything has been kind of aesthetic over here. Nothing crazy. I haven't read anything new, mostly just because, kind of just been waiting for you know books that I want to read to kind of come out hit the shelves um that kind of thing I don't think I have anything else to cover for the um intro portion of it but I will say that we have a very we have two not one but two very special guests um uh, these are great authors and I'm super excited to chat with them um, I think this is going to be super awesome. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to read both of their intros, and then we're going to go from there. So, <clears throat> taps Mike. M. Robinson is the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author crowned as the Queen of Anx by readers around the world. Dive into her visionary world that will take you on a roller coaster ride of emotions and leave you wanting more. She writes everything from contemporary to suspense romance and is best known for her novel El Diablo. When Emma is in the cave writing her next epic love story, you will find her shopping, living on a boat in Florida with her real-life pirate, her lobster, her husband Ben, sipping on Starbucks and hanging out with their two jo- her two dogs, or spending time with her family, who she is extremely close to. Now for the second portion of this uh, collab that I am really excited to just kind of get into their head about is the lovely Rachel Van Dyken. So... <clears throat> gonna tap the mic again. Rachel Van Dyken is the New York Times, Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of Regency and Contemporary Romance. You can find her on all platforms, so make sure you guys go check those out. You can find them both out on all platforms, and they also just released their second collab, Falling for the Villain, yesterday, which is also live um so if you guys want to go check that out it's mafia it's very dark very bdsm vibe so it's very cool so let's go on and jump right in and and talk to them about you know all this good stuff thank you so much for joining us on the bookshelf boyfriends podcast m robinson and rachel van dyken we are so excited to have you we're excited to be
1: here i think this is my second time back i was here like a month ago right 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 around the,
0: the fling release Yes, you were. So we're super excited to have you back. We're super excited exactly. to have you back with uh Rachel with you. Um Yay. We love you guys. separately, we love you guys as a duo. You guys are like dynamite as a unit. <laughs> love it. So I'm gonna jump right on into questions for you guys. Uh we're gonna start with Mafia Mafia Casanova, which is the first collab that you guys ever did. And it was Chef Kisses. I love <laughs> I loved him with my entire soul. So it was your first combined writing experience and it gives us like a beautiful, tortured Romeo and Eden. So did you go into this knowing it would have a love triangle vibe? No, yeah.
2: I don't think we did. No, I think we kind of just like, kind of with all of our projects, maybe I'm answering too many questions at once, but we kind of just jump in and we decided that it'd be best if we just, we were gonna read each other, we send each other our new our next releases and we both were like, yeah, I'm gonna pass on that and just started writing and it just, it, it's same with this last one. Like we just decided we were just gonna go for it. And it's weird cause the characters end up like within like the first few chapters, they like, develop into our head as like someone that we're like, oh, this is how Romeo is. Like this is, yeah. you know, he's jealous of this or whatever. And I mean, it just I mean, Monica can answer that. Like it just developed into like, we were That's like, oh, apparently right. we're writing a love triangle now. Like, but we didn't plan on it, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's crazy. It just, it vibes. And I, um, my creativity feeds hers and vice versa. So a lot of the stuff, we, we kind of have an idea of what we're going with, but then it changes yeah. and um, as, it's changing, as it's changing, we text each other and, you know, just kind of go that route so that we're both on the same page. And, you know, if we are changing something, the response is always like, oh yes, that's even better. You know, so <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think if we planned it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the same mm-hmm. This story, especially the story that we released now, I would have, it would have not been the mm-hmm. same.
0: I genuinely, I know like multiple authors who have done like collabs or like anthologies or, you know, duos or whatever. And they're like, it's so hard to, you know, vibe or mesh. But I feel like you guys do a very good job of um, like, I don't know, like coming together and writing one cohesive story. Like, yeah. there's, I don't feel like there's like 18,000 voices because I feel like sometimes when you read a collab, that's what it feels like. Like I'm reading two very, very different stories but you guys are you do a very good job of coming together and making it very cohesive which I enjoyed a lot so it was very clear in the beginning even when Tristan was there that Romeo and Eden were like soulmates like slay my heart so what did you guys have to make sure that you did in order to convey to readers that Romeo in in the end was the man for Eden because I know a lot of people with love triangles sometimes they fall in love with like the triangle portion that you weren't like didn't want her to end up with
1: I think it's because we kind of we've set up tristan to be the villain yeah. <laughs> so like, right, yeah so like right from the get-go people didn't like him yeah and um that i think that makes things a lot easier when you set okay this is who you're gonna be this is who you're gonna be um and it's just it's easier than having the reader fall in love with both people you know
0: yeah so yeah. okay cool yeah. all right
2: he couldn't so, see and i think too he couldn't see his own jealousy right so like the way that I think I was really appreciative of what it Monica was like because we haven't first talking about this and she was like, well, we can't villainize him too much, but like I think anyone reading that can identify with you're so jealous of someone even though you have everything and basically Tristan had everything that he could have possibly wanted, but he still couldn't appreciate it. And I yeah. think as a reader you're okay with him not then like maybe winning in the end because you're like you can't even appreciate what you have so why do you deserve like this person yeah and and Monica was really strategic in helping me with that because I've written a lot of love triangles that weren't like that where you're like who do I choose and she was like no you have to do it this way and I was like cool but that's what's so great about writing with someone is like they come in at a different angle and you're like oh that makes total sense you know
0: I mean I think that I, I feel like for me, I feel like Tristan was like, it was the kind of guy that was like, I feel like he always knew that Eden was never his, like even when- Oh yeah, he, like, he oh, was, yeah. You know? oh yeah. And so I think that's like a lot of where his jealousy come from, came from, right? So I feel like you guys made him relatable, but also made him like a relatable like dickhead. that you yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think a huge
1: part of Tristan wasn't, I mean, I think the whole lure to Eden was that she was Romeo's.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. I think a
1: lot of that played into it as well. Exactly. So yeah,
0: genius,
2: good Monica. Vibe. Yeah.
0: good vibe. I loved it. It was great. So both of you are known for angst and like dark and twisty stories. I've read both of you guys. And so uh, there was no like, it's like, was like, when, since you both are so good at the feels and like did you have any problem with like the romance side of it like you know because I know there's like a lot of stories that you read where it's like dark romance and it's like very edgy and twisty and you know angsty in the feels but like sometimes you miss the romance portion of it it's like I feel like I just read a suspenseful thriller <laughs> yeah,
1: kissing yeah. and holding
0: hands in between so yeah. do you think it was easier or harder to write the romance portion of it as a unit
1: I think it's easier cause we're both really good at certain things. Like Rachel's amazing at dialogue. So she is so good at dialogue and then I'm good at kind of like building. Yeah. So some, there would be times where like she would just flush out a whole bunch of cute dialogue and I'd be like a romantic dialogue. And I'm like, okay, so we got to throw in a <laughs> fuck here. And we got to throw you know, like, something in over here. So like, I think we play we play well off each other on our strengths and our weaknesses.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love it. You guys are the yin and yang of each other, even
1: though you yeah. guys yeah, I love that. We, we write really similar too. Like, um, just to give you a quick recap of how we came together. Like, Rachel and I knew who we were just because we're in the same industry. Yeah. Um, but we came together for a co-write and a group. Um, they the author or the group people just like contact authors and they come together and that's how we met. Yeah. And like from right off the bat, it was literally like, hi. Like, I think the first message she ever sent to me was like, I'm so sorry, I just set you up for a threesome, but that's not <laughs> it. Like, that was literally <laughs> our first pump up. So after, like, that, and that, it just, and the first time we wrote together, people in the comments were so excited, and they're like, this is amazing. And then they asked us back a second time, and then that second time, we just started talking back and forth. And within, like, two weeks of us talking, we're like, all right, let's try to write a book. Yeah. Um, we initially tried, but it was, like, a conspiracy theory, like, Illuminati kind of vibe. <laughs> and, like, everything <laughs> that, that was going so on with COVID yeah. and stuff we're just, like, probably not the best time to release this, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so, we don't want to We don't want
0: that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, we <laughs> yeah, think you guys made, like, a bomb. You guys had, like, a bomb-ass trip to Vegas. Y'all, like, popped off in Vegas <laughs> with, like, fucking like Lambos, (laughs) badass music video vibes. I was like, damn, I was like, I feel like I'm in the middle of a fucking Vin Diesel. flip."
1: It was literally, we were like, okay, we're gonna go to Vegas to get footage and like do cool stuff and like take pictures. And the guys were like, no, no, no. If we're (laughs) we're gonna do like a mafia thing, then we need cars. So that was was all the guys. And it it ended up working out because I think the trailer and all that stuff, it was so fun. And I think that's what made the book successful.
0: I thought it was badass I was like I feel like I'm about yeah. to read a story about their life but I feel like
1: it's <laughs> happening right now I was I know. it was so fun it was so fun it was probably one of the funnest memories ever
0: I love it so when you were building the characters of Eden and Romeo like what was that like did you both come up with pieces of their personality did like Rachel be like oh I think that Eden should do this and you were like yeah but what if she did this instead or was it like you came up with Eden and she came up with Romeo like you separated it
2: we actually decided not to do that so i when we first talked about co-writing i was like i've done it before and usually like you can take the guy take the girl vice versa no the funny part about both of us is we don't like writing women um because my, my <laughs> biggest the biggest thing is people readers come at you if the woman is too strong they come at oh, you if she's too weak they come at you okay. if she sounds bitchy and i get it's like my biggest pet peeve because i'm like can i not write a strong woman that you know what I mean? And so it's, yeah. it's not that we don't like doing it. It's just really, it's difficult because I think I get in my own head. She gets in her own head. So like taking, yeah. we were like, no, we're going to share this. And so like, I think with Mafia Casanova, I started it, but then what we did, which I think is brilliant. And this was Monica's idea is I would write something. And she, as she knows, I write very, like my first draft is like, woo, 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 and it's like not edited. And I just go like balls to the wall. And then wow. she came, would come back in. So I do two chapters and she would come back in and then go through those two chapters and add like a ton of words. And then she would do two chapters and I would come in and then I would add stuff. So we were both voices which when you think about it, like would seem like the most difficult thing ever, but because we both had a very clear view of who these people were to us, because everything is like a movie to us, like it's very real. Yeah. And because I would w- go back and read hers and then accept changes, she'd go back and read mine, we'd add more. Like, that's why I think you can't, Mafia Casanova, you can't tell because we both went through in each other's brains. And yeah. so sometimes it was Juliet's chapter. Sometimes it was Romeo's chapter. Like it just, or not, not Juliet, um, Eden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the other one. She's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it just wasn't, and, and one thing that Monica does in her writing, that I don't typically do, is a lot of times each chapter is a different uh, person, and yeah. for her, she always added in, which I appreciated, because it made it more seamless, I think, for our writing, is she would be like, okay, now it's his turn to speak, or her turn to have like a, even if it's just a couple paragraphs, Yeah. Um, and she would edit it back, so i would be like, oh, thank you, so it was really helpful, it was helpful for me, because I've never written like that before, but it was, I think it made us get the books done faster, too, right, Monica, I mean, yeah, I
1: can't I've, I can't write unless I know I can go keep going like there's some things that I can skip you know like I don't know little things but like big things usually I can't It just it bothers me because then I'm like I feel like it's not finished and then when I'm done I have to go back and like fix so much stuff and by that point I feel like I kind of lose the vibe of what I was trying to write in that yeah. moment mm-hmm. you know. So like for me it's harder, but I know um, I know some authors that like start in the beginning of their story and like just pull and then put together. And I'm like, that's that would be so hard for me.
0: No, I mean I think that you guys come together very seamlessly. Like when I read both the Falling for the Villain and for Mafia Casanova, it's very like. I think there was maybe. Uh, maybe once in both books that i was like i feel like monica wrote this one and i feel like rachel wrote this line but like at the same time i was like i don't know like there's no way that i could go through that and pick the portions of like what you guys wrote because it's just it's very very cohesive and i really appreciated that in this duo and also i love the fact i love that i love your guys as heroines i know that you said that you guys both don't like writing female females i hate writing females too it's a lot of pressure writing females because women hate other women <laughs> like We, we, I I feel like some women just like do not like to like women. Like we get so much shit put on us if we're too strong and we're bitchy or we're too strong and we're a pushover or if we're not strong and you know, we're weak and we need a hero, then she's, you know, a weak and it's like, good Jesus Lord. I just want to write a, a strong hero, a heroine that needs, if she wants to be a bitch, she can be a bitch. Like not everybody needs to be like a wallflower that loves everybody. Like she can be a bitch if she wants to because that's just how life is um so moving on to falling for the villain donovan is like chris i told my friend this i was like he's like christian gray met a mafia man and had a (laughs) psycho baby i was like i was not expecting this at all i was like okay all right the first chapter i texted monica and i was like um i was like all right (laughs) we're just gonna go straight into it then sounds good so where did the idea for his character come from
1: so we've okay so when we were writing the Illuminati story it started off with like a kidnapping like they were taking this girl so that they could turn her into like the Illuminati or whatnot yeah so we already kind of had a, a hero that was named Richard that was kind of not as bad as Donovan probably didn't even doesn't come close to Donovan but we already had kind of like a sinister character that we wanted to play with so um but then it turned into something completely different. So like it was, yeah, we were gonna go dark. We were gonna go like, you know, cause the storyline is a little darker but n- never had the intention of how dark we actually went. Like that was not, that totally took us both for like a ride.
0: You're just like, oh, we're just going with it. Yep, he's yeah. gonna do that. Yep, we're just gonna yeah. go
1: with it. Just going yeah, That on. was basically how it happened. Like Rachel sent it, and I'm like, okay, so we're
0: going there. This is okay. We're doing this, and then, and
1: then that was it. And that was
0: okay. I love it okay so I felt this book had a really interesting plot like following the life of Juliet like a mafia daughter and he was basically dealing with like some Stockholm syndrome vibes which I mean listen I love I love a good Stockholm syndrome type yeah. vibe so did you plan that when you were originally plotting and if not what was the original idea for this story because I know that you both have said that like this thing like took a life of its own so what was the original plan when you were oh supposed gosh. to be writing it?
2: we were supposed to write a contempt like seriously like our very first meeting about this we were like you know let's kind of pull away from the mafia from the dark we'll do like more contemporary and then it was just like it was like we were unable to actually do I was like okay so what do we do now because we can't do that and as far as her falling for him like we knew she had to fall for him but we were going to take it a lot easier and the minute it took that dark turn we were like well now we have to just go all in otherwise it's going to look like we don't First off, it it looks like we don't know what we're doing because it looks like we're going to try to soften something that is a very real thing. And me and Monica, one thing I love about her is we both have psych backgrounds. And so for us going into it, we were like, okay, so like if this was really happening and this guy has all this trauma, like he's going to need to see these things and feel these things. He's going to hate himself half the time if he actually loves her, but you have to like go there. And I think one of the things that like, I know people sometimes think that you write uh, dark books like that for attention, or you write them because you feel like, oh, it's gonna sell really well because everyone's gonna be talking about it because it's so taboo. And for us, it was not about that. It was about staying true to someone who truly does live a life of trauma like he did. Yeah. And then how does that translate into like the brainwashing he had, you know, from like his other father figure and his own father and then the mom and being like locked in the closet all the time? Like, like if you're a young boy and you grow up in that situation, and that is all you see, that is all you know. And We're so glad for he us, can
0: become a serial killer people. Let's right. just put that yeah. okay. you know, okay. in For battles.
2: Like at least he wasn't killing
1: people, you yeah. know? I mean, like, I mean, not that. a big deal. He just kidnapped her for a minute, okay. you know, like okay. he just beat her ass with a belt. It's cool.
0: I yeah. also have a side okay. background. Um, I but it's like I listen to this crime podcast, and there's this button for mommy alert, like mommy issue alert, because girls get like termed like daddy issues or whatever. But guys who have mommy issues, nine times out of ten, turn into serial killers. So I was like, yeah, they do. Back. I was like, congratulations, you're a little kinky, pal, and you got a little bit of issues. But I mean, at least you're not out here, you know, putting people up and putting them underneath yeah. your basement. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciated I appreciated the true like the complexity of his character and that mm-hmm. he doesn't need a contemporary romance story like he doesn't need like he he can't be in a fluffy romance story like he went through a lot of shit and like nine times out of ten when you come out of that you're not gonna be like somebody that's like let me open the door for you and buy right? <laughs> like it's not gonna you're happen
2: Starbucks. No.
0: Exactly. Like, it's not gonna happen so I appreciated that you guys were true to his character I think that's what gave the story a lot of depth and made it a really good read Um, so I love this epilogue, cried, not, not, I like, I teared up a little bit. I was like, oh, god." so, but I have to ask, like, will you guys be going back to this, like, revisiting the world that you all built or any collabs in the future?
1: We don't have any collabs (laughs) lined up for next year, just because we're both slammed with stuff. Like, we wrote this book in two weeks, guys. Um, literally, it was the only time we could put it into our schedule and, like, we wrote it in two weeks and then everything with like just it's just a lot to take on yeah so we definitely want to write again together because it's just so much fun and we love doing it but as far as like when that's going to happen um we don't have an official date yeah okay
2: just yeah we had to we had to or i had to change i know monica flipped some of her books around too but like Our poor assistants, like we had to change our schedules and they kept being like, okay, you gotta turn this in. We're like, we know. Um, so yeah, it was definitely right. and me with the baby too. It's hard. I can it, I
0: think, yeah. Like three congratulations. Times yeah, congratulations, by the way. I follow you on Instagram, so congratulations oh. all new baby and stuff like that. So that's awesome. You know, made me cry every single time that I took your oh, no. <laughs> Um, I was in foster care when I was a kid. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so adoption, I was in there for like um, two months. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was terrible, but, and it was because my parents were crappy when I was a child. But, um, no, no, I really appreciate it. I think adoption is such a big, a big thing that I feel like people don't talk about enough and I commend both you and your husband. I think it's great what you guys do. Congratulations and all that stuff. Um, so anyways, um, moving forward on I have a question for each of you um, solo. So I, um, Monica, I know that you have Alpha CEO coming up, which is super exciting. Um, second chance, billionaire romance vibes. Uh, without giving too much away, what can readers expect from, you know, this new angsty book you got coming out?
1: That I'm coming back to inks. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, yeah, that and just, like I, I I didn't think I would miss it as much as I have you know like with COVID and everything that happened in 2020 I was just like okay I write angsty books and then throw in the world you know crumbling around you it was just yeah. a lot so I'm like I needed a lighter year this year and then like within like the first the kiss I was doing fine I'm like oh this is great but even with the fling like I started writing and I'm like damn I really miss angst and it just the storyline came from no, like out of nowhere. And then I'm just like, I'm such a firm believer that I want to write what I want to write. And I'm going to write who's talking the loudest in my head. Yeah. So it just, it turned into one of those things and I'm excited for it. You can definitely expect a lot of angst um, and just falling in love with falling in love again, I guess.
0: I feel like this is going to be like next level angst because it's like, oh, <laughs> no. took a break. and and i know i know like oh god um so rachel i read your entire mafia Royals series i i yeah i literally love it so i'm super excited for july 22nd which is when you're releasing fallen royal um literally want to vomit because i'm so excited i were <laughs> before, before you release like information on it or whatever i was like i want this to be my team story so bad it's not even right. so yeah we're finally getting him i'm really excited about it um what can we expect from this um you don't have to give too much weight not to be spoilery. no
2: okay so i'm i am moving him don't be mad i am moving him to august i'm moving oh. Max, but but only because only because okay. i don't have I don't, I mean, I could write it and get it done, but I don't have time to do justice. And he is one of my favorite characters I've ever written. Like him and, oh him and King, like their constant witty banter and then like cleaning blood off a knife and then just kills someone. And it's like, like let's go, have, let's go have fries. Like, I just love like their entire, like, they're yeah. just so great. So um, I actually, um, did start writing his like his first or second chapter just because I needed a break from my rom-com that I was writing it's just a montage you got to take a break and kind of like divide <laughs> things up yeah he's actually gonna have um his his theme for his book like the last um like scandalous prince that was kind of like a polar bear king theme like I put in the fairy tale like man in the iron mask like brought all that in yeah um with destructive king, it was just like full-on angst and like chaos which happened um but with oh. um uh, maxim love him love ash but with maxim um I'm bringing in a Jekyll Hyde sort of thing <gasps> so nice. um So that is my theme. So he's gonna go from being. So I'm not like I'm not saying I'm copying him. It'd be like if Chase and Andre had a baby, it would be it would be Maxon. So you're gonna have like the balance of like good versus evil, like yeah. So there's some he does a lot of killing, and there's a character that he ends up killing that is gonna probably like yeah. Anyways, but it it starts the trauma for him, and it causes a lot of drama, and that's kind of where the story starts. Is like you you see him. In that situation and you and you and you see him almost lose the last part of the innocence that he had if that makes sense because he's yeah. young right he's like 19 and he's mm-hmm. a super genius and i you always you knew we talked about this like people that have uh that are really smart or they go through trauma like a lot of times they become sociopaths or murderers and so he's yeah. gonna have to struggle with becoming basically his his father but like worse but also on top of that um want to still be with izzy and want to be that good person for the abandonado family and for their dynasty but not know how to do that in a way that is oh a crew after everything so
0: I'm there you go i want to throw up i'm so excited <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm so excited i love him and i think that it's a very difficult thing when you're writing a character like that because it's like you don't he doesn't want to turn into like what he knows that people mm-hmm. expect him to turn into and right. when you go through traumatic experiences like that it's almost like well what do you expect you know like right. life is throwing me all of the shit like, mm-hmm. how do you not expect me to turn into, like, the villain, you know? But those yeah. are the characters I love. Morally, is the love of my life, so I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah. So, moving on to writing questions. And I did this in a, we did this in a way that, uh, so it's, like, for both of you. But you guys are more than welcome to answer separately or how you guys do your own thing. So, what made you two like how do you split up writing do you take like two chapters you take two chapters like does you know that kind of thing or just like a word count number how does that work we usually do um like word count so
1: like we'll we'll do um we'll do like it depends on how many like with falling for the villain we had like a 60k word count for the whole book Mm-hmm. So, like, usually it's about, like, two chapters each, um, mm-hmm. and it's anywhere between, like, 3,000 to 6,000 words. Rachel writes a lot faster than I do, <laughs> but no. since I was coming off the fling and I didn't take a break, I was already in that that crushing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, that crushing yeah, yeah. bone. So, it was so easy for me to be, like, plus it was dark, and... I went from like one and I think I went from like one extreme to another and like my soul needed it because it was so easy. Yeah. Even for Rachel it was so easy to tap into that like dark place and I think it's just like I'm coming off rom-com so is she she's doing Disney pitches so like we're just like we're coming from this like happy like oh my god we're in a bubble and everything is so perfect. Great creatures. Yeah we're like like, okay we need to switch it up because this is getting a little repetitive. So. I think that probably influenced why the dark or why the book went so dark too. Yeah, But um, yeah, we try to keep it like
0: kind of that around there. All right, cool. So what, is it difficult staying on, listen, because when I'm around my friends and none of my friends are, well, my like, a, like friends that I can actually touch, not like my online friends <laughs> are authors. So, and when I'm around them being creative is like, never going to happen because they're very distracting people so is it difficult staying on the same creative page because maybe you guys have different thoughts or is it easier to have someone there in the same headspace as you
2: it's so (laughs) much easier like,
0: right, Monica? Like, <laughs> it's easier. Like, even
1: when, like, we're writing and, like, uh, even if it's not each other, like, we're not doing collab, it's, like, our own books. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll text Rachel or voice her and vice versa where I'm, like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And, like, she's, we're both really quick of, like, just jumping in there and being, like, oh, well, you can do this, this, and this. Um, So I feel like we're always kind of vibing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's nice to have, you know, someone there where you're, like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And they come in, they're like, I got it. You know, like fresh right. eyes, everything.
0: And it just, it's so much easier. I feel like writing is a lonely job. And I feel like having- Yeah, and we
2: that did that me. a lot for our last book.
0: Yeah, and I feel like yeah. having somebody to co-write with makes it unlonely because like a lot of the time you're like by yourself in front of a computer writing like, you know, characters or however many you're doing. And you're like, oh, I feel so lonely. Like even though you have like people around you, you feel very lonely. So I feel like co-writing, helped I feel like would help not feel as bad because oh yeah oh yeah take this from me because I don't
1: know what to freaking do with it or even like when with writing like a dark storyline like that you're just like I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that thinks this is awesome because you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I'm not like like, she's not like getting the 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 manuscript back like what if the fuck is wrong with her you know no like (laughs) do this you know like it's so it's fun so i think you have to find people that like you know relate to you on that level
0: yeah so as co-writing i feel like i already know the answer to yeah. this but for our readers has co-writing made you guys closer as like friends and like human beings now that you guys are yeah. like, on the level yeah.
2: we were already close right like, yeah. we were already close before we started and it's and yeah, it made us closer but like we were already text like texting yeah like boyfriend girlfriend every day almost yeah. like it's like it's a ridiculous amount of tech like audio text and she knows like as baby came i was like i'm so sorry yeah be like I'm busy or like I'm taking naps all the time I'm taking naps but like I think we always like if I'm stuck on my own work I think what's nice is like I have someone that's in the same world with me like she does write angst or she writes mafia and I can be like this isn't working why isn't this working and then you have someone come in and be like like even if you're not collaborating like she gets where my headspace is at because she's written with me so much that we're like oh so yeah so like I mean we vacation together <laughs> yeah. yeah I know come yeah. the keys soon so hopefully yeah. we get to do that in the next month or two but yeah it's it's just fun
0: yeah it's well, so fun I would, I, you guys look like a great time to be around. <laughs> like, just to, like somebody who like, rolls up we're in super Vegas when you guys are in Vegas. Like, I could only imagine. I could only imagine. So, we're going to jump into some reading questions. So, for each of you, has a book ever, and I know Monica has answered some of these, but we have altered some of them because you were on the podcast before. Okay. Um, Rachel, yeah. if you can jump in, you're more than welcome. So, has a book ever changed your life?
1: Like, a sto- like not my own book, someone else's book? It could be
0: yours. It could be yours. Just any type of book you've read or written.
1: Oh, I, I've, 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 if you haven't read the, I think I told you this on the last one, the Bronze Horseman trilogy. Yeah. The mm-hmm. historical romance, literally life changing. Literally. Like it was, I have, even to this day, like if there's anyone that I would love to write, like it's her. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because she writes historical romance, but like that, I've read that that entire trilogy and they're long. They're like eight, nine hundred pages. No lie, probably about a hundred times. Um, and if I ever met her, I would probably bawl my eyes out. <laughs>
2: so, I haven't read them yet. I haven't read them yet. Oh you my god, up. Rachel! And
1: you like historical romance? I know. You I like, I'm afraid.
2: That. I'm afraid I won't do anything. I'm on all these deadlines, and I'm afraid. Every time we talk about it, I'm like, I need to buy this. I need it because everyone tells me. Oh my gosh, I need to read them one of these days, it's and then I'm gonna be bawling. It's just a
1: life-changing storyline. Like, the writing on it is freaking brilliant. And, like, it's just, it was written during um, the Nazis, dur- and they live in Russia, and they escape yeah. to come here. Like, it's just epic. Have you read it? I have not. Alice? Oh, okay. Well, you've heard of it.
0: Yeah, I have definitely okay. heard of it. It's just, I'm not a huge historical romance person. I, I can I can't, I'm sorry. I literally oh, cannot. My name is going to die, so give me one second. I'm just going to grab my charger. Yeah, like, I physically have tried multiple times and I just can't not even like Julia Quinn. Can you do Julia Quinn? Lisa Cleveland. And I think that she's a phenomenal writer. I think her, yeah. and I think I, I read through of her books, I think like two of them all the way through, and like phenomenal writing. I love it. If she was, you know, like I love it, but I just don't, like there's just the time can't. periods. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. can't. There's just something about yeah. history that's very set in stone, you know, and I feel like, I don't know. It's just not my There's, no, escap- there's no escapism for you,
2: and you need that escapism.
0: Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I'm just thinking of, I'm thinking of like World War two. and I'm like, I'm thinking of all these people that are dying, and I don't know how I can think. Yeah about this love story be. that's going on and so, so it's like I can't and like everybody gets so mad at me because all my friends love Outlander which is not like it's like almost just, it's like historical romancy vibes you know it's but it's like, like yeah. also like time travel whatever and I'm like nope sorry can't I don't like Bridgerton as I say it I couldn't get into mm-hmm. that I was like I don't I don't know what's wrong with me okay but it's okay. it's a problem I'm sorry I apologize <laughs> but has a book ever changed your life writing or reading Rachel? Um,
2: so the book that changed my life was Dreaming Love by Francine Rivers she was okay. a romance author back when I was in, like I mean she still is like she's older now but in high school and she wrote I mean honestly like probably one of the first like really intense I don't want to say BDSM but like books that and she wrote two different versions of it but um, it's about this guy that ends up um, marrying a prostitute oh, and, yeah. she le- and she constantly and she's like the madame to this house and she leaves him all the time and he always pursues her and goes back for her yeah and it's like and he's a farmer and stuff and it's one of these things and it takes place it's also historical I th- i think it's like back in the victorian period i want to say and there's like this scene where like she finally like walks up to him just completely like nude and it's just like finally like submitting to him and yeah he just he loves her through all these things which i think is so it was like my first book where i was like that's what true love is like loving people things because she didn't see anything outside of like being a prostitute and earning money that way it's like all she knew but he loved her enough to like try to like save her but not in a way that was on his terms but her terms it's a really romantic book like it's so good but it's there's one version that's like cleaner than another version and one of my friends in high school it's a pastor not high school in uh college is a pastor now and she read the dirty version and it still makes me laugh to this day (laughs) Oh, like, it would pass out right. and I'm like what are you reading and she's like I don't think this is a book everyone's talking about oh my gosh it's the best anyways I still like kills me inside of course okay. now that's what I do but what know. is it
0: called what is it called
2: called redeeming love by Francine Rivers it's really good you'll wall you'll you'll cry very hard it's very good
0: okay I'm gonna have to ri- read it there is a book that I'm gonna recommend to both of you since you guys are both reading dark ro- you guys are both writing dark romance next that I think that you guys could uh I guess, I guess, you know, like you read a book and you're like, oh my God, like it's just all the inspiration to write a phenomenal book after, right? Mm -hmm. It is called Diary of an Oxygen Thief and it is by an anonymous German author, okay? Okay. I've never even heard that before. I know, it's very low, like and I don't think a lot of people know about it. It's like big in the poetry community and like when Mm -hmm. I was in like Tumblr and that kind of thing. So it's called Diary of an Oxygen Thief. It's by an anonymous author. You literally just have to look up Diary of an Oxygen Thief. And it is literally about a man writing from his point of view about how he loves breaking women's hearts. Like mm. he's a, he's a, he's like a psychopath for people's hearts. And he talks about how he enjoys watching like the life go out of their eyes. Like when, like he's a snowman holding a little broom. I swear. That's crazy. And
1: That's I, I swear I've never to heard
0: you, of before. It's be a new time
1: bestseller too.
0: Yeah I'm telling you it'll be one of the best books that you ever read from a male's point POV ever ever he literally talks about like it's different situations of him making women fall in love with him and how like um he enjoys he enjoys like watching like the the butterflies like die and all this stuff like he's got a problem oh my gosh
1: yeah okay
0: it's okay. like the, the first chapter, the first line of the, the first line of the fucking book. And when I started reading it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to love this shit. And it's a true story. Like it's based off his life. And the first line is, I like hurting girls mentally, not physically. And I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. This is going to be great. Oh my but- God. So is it a book that has dialogue or is it more like a biography? No, 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 it's definitely a book that has dialogue, but I wouldn't say that it's like, oh, she said this and I like, like it's not like a character driven thing. It's like from his POV, he's like, oh, I watched her do this. And then she said this to me and we had this conversation and a lot of his inner inner dialogue in the head, but it's so good. It's so good. And it gives you a really, really cool insight into the mind of men who enjoy breaking women's hearts, I guess.
1: i feeling this. I'm going to have to just read it for research. I, yeah, totally. didn't say that. I was
0: just gonna say that. Literally, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's so good. I think it, I read it when I was like, I think I was like 14 when I read this book. I should not probably have read it when I was 14, but um, i read it when I was like 14, and it literally changed my life. I was like, holy effing shit, this is amazing. So yeah, definitely check that out. That's the book that changed my life. All right. Anyways, moving forward, um what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, recommendations from others, recommendations. Oh my god, I don't know why I just said it like that. From others, what is it? I
2: would say recommendations. Like I trust. Like Monica's like, you need to read C.J. Roberts, Captain of the Dark. I'm like, oh, fine. Oh, yeah, I did tell you to
1: read that. Yeah.
2: And then you were at my house, I think, when I was reading it and I was, I couldn't yeah. stop. Like, and, yeah. I, and I told you to read Pam Godwin. I don't know if you've read it yet, The Sea of- Oh, you I
1: told I me I couldn't read it. No, oh, I want to read the other one, the one with the trilogy that you and Nina said to read, but you're like, don't read it until yeah, we're- so wait. So that's what I'm
0: talking time. about. What's, yeah. What trilogy? Spill!
2: Um, oh. um, crap, what's it called? Um, is, is it Kate is it, Webster? Was it the King no, one? no, it was some author I didn't even know. Okay, I'll send, I'll send it to you again, but that one was intense. That one was, that one was, whew, but yeah, it, it was very, very, very dark. And we were like, just wait till after you're done writing this. Cause you don't, I normally don't read in the same genre I write in and we yeah. never really written this dark. So we were like, don't read it yet, but it, no. I, I'll find out. I'll find out and send it to you. So you, you know, too, cause I, it was like, I don't normally read books like that, but I was like, I am not sleeping for like five days. Until <laughs> and then I begged I her for the third book, like a total horror. I was like, so I'm getting this one right <laughs>
0: Anyways, there is a book. Bu- There's also okay. I'm gonna give you guys another recommendation, but don't read it until after you get done with what you're doing because okay. it'll like it's. I feel like it's not a historical romance; it's more like mythology romance. So I feel like I'm kind of in that jam somewhere. Okay. But uh, have you guys ever read Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller? Oh, I've heard that's really good, but Super I haven't read popular, it. Yet. Right. So yeah. have you guys ever read? I mean, I don't know if you guys have read like Homer, like The Iliad and The Odyssey, or yeah. Like, yeah. You know the story of like Achilles. I did in
1: college, but like I don't remember. You could. I- <laughs>
0: I couldn't do the storyline right now. <laughs> so, I'm- my my dad named me after Alexander the Great because it's like he's super into all of that shit, right? And so, oh, I, um, I know it makes me want to literally. I I was supposed to be a boy. I can't even. Yeah. So he um he named me after Alexander the Great, and so I grew up like really liking like the theories that surrounded that and all that stuff. So, anyways, Song of Achilles is basically like the love story of Patroclus and Achilles, and when yeah, I yeah yeah. And I tell you, because obviously when I picked this book up and I found it and I, cause I saw it on TikTok, obviously when I picked this book up, I've read the Illidan and the Odyssey and I grew up my entire life, like knowing the stories of like Achilles and Helen of Troy and the battle and all that stuff. So I was like, this motherfucker dies. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, um, I'm going to cry. And it is, it is so beautiful. It is such a beautifully like put together book that it will just literally make you want it, but makes you cry. I just want to FYI. That's ball. My ball my ball my bitch. but yeah so you know i
2: have two good ones now good for good for research
0: yeah. yes yeah. read those they're really good and also it's obviously male male and there's just it was just very romantic it's very pretty and i loved it so chef kisses to madeline miller but definitely check it out anyways um what are some of your favorite authors to read
1: dude i'm so out of the loop with who's who's writing these days because i i don't i'm writing so much that i don't really read when i'm in the cave because when yeah. i just to mess with my own style and two um who wants to read after they're on their computer for 12 hours you know like staring at a word document like the last thing i want to do is read a book yeah so um my eyes you know they're bleeding so i'm so out of the loop but like back in the day um who was a one-click author for me be killing or not be killing penelope ward my Skylar. i love penelope ward kick when she wrote my Skylar. Um, so she was one click author for me but that right there will tell you like when I really used to read was like when she released that which I think was like six or seven years ago. Yeah, but correct. she used to be a one click author for me. Um, who else I can't no. I don't I don't really like um, I, I usually like authors that aren't well known.
0: Yeah. Well, you're more than welcome to like my books if you ever want to read I'm Just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I really do. I like to read those books, you know, that the ones that people aren't hyping up that much. Yeah. So those are usually the stories that I like to read. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I don't even remember my last five-star read to be honest. It's been a minute.
0: What about you, Rachel?
2: I read a lot. Um, and I don't, and that's probably why I don't get a lot of sleep because I, but I never read in like the genre I'm writing in, but I read, uh, Ruby Dixon. That's one that, that's, like, a legal ah, oh, I love her. Um, she's amazing. Um, I don't even think I know her as, like, I don't think I've ever even met her, but, like, um, someone put me onto her books, um, when I was just, like, I need escapism at its finest. They were, like, oh, bro, I got you. Blue aliens, and I'm, like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I read them, <laughs> and they're so good, and I'm, like, it really made me want to write an alien romance. I'm mean, a publicist was like, okay, maybe not right now. Like maybe later when like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ruby Dixon, I love, um, I love Pam Godwin. I just started reading her, um, Jennifer Armentrout. So usually I get, if I have time, I'll get the ARCs early so I can read them. Um, you know, you Sarah, huh? You read fantasy. I love fantasy. Yeah. So when, when, uh, Jennifer Hi. came out with that one, I basically like, I, yeah, I had that one early, and I, when her, pub, her publisher, I literally was like, Liz, like, if you don't give me the rest of these books, I'm going to, like, probably murder people, and so then, I, when I found out that she was actually, like, she had, like, changed her schedule to write book two, book three, and they started trending, I was like, yes, um, Sky Warren was the last one I, the last book I read, I think was Sky Warren's, um, what is it, is it not, it's something, lock, I don't remember the name of it, but it's her dark romance that's based off of, uh, crap, I can't think of it right now. We're like, uh, where he's like in the mansion alone and it's, it's contemporary, but it's based off an old, I can't think of it. Like in, not, oh man, not Pride and Prejudice, but like one of those older like stories. And it's very like, huh? huh? A private property. Yes. Miss, 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 Mr. Rochester. Like it's based after, after that, like that whole, and it's really, really good. Like I normally don't read darker books, but Scott, Literally did the same thing to her i was like where's book two and she was like oh sorry still writing it and i'm like well you're dead to me but then i i got that ARC after so it was fine so yeah i i read kind of all over the place um but i never i don't read ma- the one uh, thing i don't read is i don't read mafia the only mafia i will ever read would be like tijan's because hers is a lot different than mine and, and we both talk about that in the interviews we've done before together like i i adore tijan and would like take a bullet for her but I just don't any any other author, Monica maybe I would probably read hers if we decided to read each other's, but I just never want it to seep into my head. So that's like the one genre I stay away from and I've never read, um, because I just want mine to be different from others. So yeah.
0: Have you read The Throne of Glass or the uh the fucking A Court of Thorns and Roses series?
2: So court of Thorns and Roses, I read it when it first came out and I remember calling my sister and being like this is like our generation's twilight if there's something to compare it to awesome. as far as like the next big thing yeah um and it was when she was still like big at that time because she's a white author white authors have like a very different vibe than romance authors which is great yeah. but that I mean that book series like that just like took her from already being right here and catapulted her kind of like how Jen's latest one just like yeah so yeah so that was um yeah that was the yeah that's I love it I love all those books
0: you should 100% I don't know if you've read like her other series which is Throne of Glass which has got like okay so I mean I, don't, I like A Court of Thorns and Roses mm-hmm. they're on my shelf you can totally see them there, but I love them I love Reese and, mm-hmm. I love Feyre, and I love Feyre and I love all of that I just think it's a lot of, like it's romance based like it obviously follows the plot of like you know lovers and Throne mm-hmm. of Glass is like action-packed as fuck and the main female is like a bad bitch and like the main character female the dude is like the love of my life like if i could if i could if i could conjure up one one book boyfriend it's him because it's like seven feet and he's got wings <laughs> like, oh. i want to i want the wings Anyway, so I would
2: like that series i've only gone through book two i would like it would i think like you it. definitely
0: would like it it's fairy porn it's amazing yeah it's fantastic yeah. And you're gonna love As, it'll be your, he'll be your favorite character because he's mm-hmm. the one that's dark, twisted and doesn't talk. But his book isn't out yet, so. <laughs> Anyways, um, do you-
2: prefer... saying, I don't think that one's out yet because I think she kept going. I don't
0: know to talk about it. And now that, the series, now that this movie, the TV show is coming out or whatever, we're gonna have to wait like eight billion years for his book and he's my favorite character. And it's like, God, I want to smash my head into a wall. Um, do you prefer <laughs> e-reader or physical copies?
1: e reader just because i usually read at night when like ben is sleeping so i can't really read a paperback when if he's sleeping you like know on your phone i'm on yeah. my,
0: like i'm reading it on my phone yeah love love okay cool um but you guys you guys, you guys collect you guys collect paperbacks like your other paper like you guys oh, yeah. like shelves and stuff like that oh yeah oh god rachel's like no So <laughs> here's why i like
2: because i get sent so many books from my pop pub- by foreign publishers that like if i had just i had to dedicate a closet to like just my foreign titles. And so like when people send me, I'll keep them, like if authors send me books signed and stuff, like I'll put them on the shelf. But as far as like buying them myself and like being like, oh my gosh, I have this paperback. Like I really don't, or if I do, I pass it on to someone. So like, if I have books that I purchased myself, I'll just give them to my sister when I'm done because I want her to read them anyway. So like, and then, you know, sometimes they come back to me or I say like, you know, give them another, give your friend another gift, let her read them. I just don't have, I don't have the space for it. so, and yeah. That's where I, I
0: obviously have space for them. <laughs> I love paperbacks. I literally have on this shelf over here alone. I have third, like, I think it's like 33 different covers of Stephen King's novels, like awesome. dead ass. And I have a first edition on that bad boy and I will sell my soul to the devil before I give it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your last five-star read? If you guys have read recently, if you guys haven't, it's okay.
1: I'm, I have to literally look through my phone.
2: Um, I'll go there. Mine was Skye's. Sky That was the last thing I read though. So yeah, her private property or whatever was my last five star. And I haven't gotten into the second one. I have it. And I, like I said, I had it early, but I don't, I haven't started it yet. Cause I just been too busy. Well, we've been on deadlines. So it's like the time that it's been spent, like, you know, us working till like one in the morning trying to finish the stupid book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I'm looking through my phone right now to see, Oh, the breakup or kiss and breakup by Ella Fields.
2: <gasps> oh yeah yeah
0: yeah, oh, yeah. yeah so good so good that was such a good book I agree five stars for that one for me as well yeah. um so now we're gonna move on to it's the last section of the podcast sadly this has been super great with you guys you guys have been great but um it's trope questions and these are some of our readers favorite sections so what is your favorite trope to write and why and you can be as specific or as non-specific if you want um but yeah what is it um your
2: favorite trope to write Mine would probably be, it's always gonna be Mafia, I think, like any sort of Mafia book. Mm-hmm. I guess that's not super tropey. It's always gonna be like enemies to lovers. Like I like it when the guy is just a complete ass all the time and then you redeem him. I think there's just something so beautiful about writing a character that is so horrific. And then at the end you're like, he's he was so romantic and you're like bawling. And then you're like, how did I even like this person? So yeah, I think that'd be mine. And like any of the enemies to lovers, even in contemporary, I love doing that. I think it's just, it's also really easy to write
0: guys that are like- Dickheads. You froze.
1: Yeah, she froze.
0: Boys. Yeah. Can you can you repeat that? Because you froze, and I want to make sure that we got it in there. I think she's still frozen. Yeah, she's still frozen. I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait it out. She'll come back. Um, but I agree with
1: what she's saying. I I write bad boys, so I am all about the alpha
0: of bad boys. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're gonna have we're gonna wait on Rachel's. Just like in like her own little spatial <laughs> awareness right now. No, I mean, I think that, I think that writing morally gray characters is what people, I mean, I feel like any, most of the time, 80% out of, like, the pack is going to pick, like, the morally gray character over, like, the hero. Okay, you're back. Yay, you're back. Okay. Repeat Repeat everything that you just said, and then I'll say what I was going to say. Wait, me? Yeah, so. you
1: talking about writing um, the the bad boy, like the redeemer. Oh, yeah
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah. enemies lovers like that's just it's the easiest one for me to write and it's fun and it's it's easy to redeem someone obviously with me and monica's track record we clearly like that trope um Mm -hmm. i feel like she's almost the same way like it it is fun watching like even in contemporaries like even in her rom-coms like she was writing the guy is kind of an ass like
1: i get it from my husband my husband's a smart ass and his mm -hmm. whole heart and soul. So I that's why I write heroes that are smart asses, because that I'm that's what I'm attracted to.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like like I was telling Monica and I'm just gonna wait until you were unfrozen. But I feel like eighty percent out of the time you're gonna I feel like people are gonna choose the morally gray hero over the regular just hero, right? Because the morally gray one like will go to the ends of the earth to like do whatever he needs to do for you if he cares about you, right? But like yeah. the the hero is like oh like we're gonna sacrifice like like you see the quote where it's like the hero will sacrifice the like himself to save the world while the villain will sacrifice it to save you kind of thing. so it's like everybody loves a morally gray hero it's like the people we shouldn't like and it's like no Jesus. And I just feel like it's because like subconsciously, I feel like the human mind is attracted to the things that you're not supposed to be attracted to. It's like human curiosity Mm -hmm. to be attracted to. That's why people love serial killers and not love them, but like love learning about serial killers and Mm -hmm. crime podcasts is because you like to take yourself. It's like it's humans like to be scared in their own comfortable way. Like you take yourself to like such a certain level, but you have a safety net that you know that it's not real kind of thing. And exactly. the adrenaline from that is like what people like. And so that's why people like bad boys. Like it's, it's subconsciously a thing that people are like destined to love bad boys. This is just how I feel. Um, so what is one trope that you would eventually like to write separately and together?
1: I would like to write historical romance at some point. I have a storyline with, with, I've told you, Alex, I think Um, where a hippie and a Marine fall in love during like the, the era, you know? But, yeah. I want to write it so bad, but I cannot jump into another trope, different genre for the rest of the year. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go back to, to my roots. So maybe next year, but I eventually would
0: love to. What about you, Rachel?
2: Um, I really, I- Aliens. I want to do Aliens, but I also want to go back to, uh, I want to do like a time travel Regency romance. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah. Um, and I also, I mean, and yeah, and I am going, uh, to kind of like back to YA like this year. So yeah, I feel like too, like I kind of always wanted to write something really dark and dirty and me and Monica totally accomplished that. So that's like one little checklist, a little check mark I can make because we we got that done with our book. So yeah.
0: Just gonna mark it off. Awesome. Um, so what is one trope that you will never write and why? I'm interested to see the answer. I don't, I don't, I don't want to ever say never. So yeah. like, I don't, okay, for as of right now, it's not even close to the horizon. What is it?
1: Oh my god, I don't even know. Rachel, you go first.
0: Like high
2: fantasy, maybe. Not that I don't want to write it, but it's a lot of world building. So it's really difficult. Like it's not that I don't want to write it. It's that I would have to have like an entire room like dedicated to all the different lands and the language, like, you know, like with strings going across to like it's really
0: difficult. Look at Lord of the Rings, got a whole ass language over there. A whole ass language that you can literally speak. Could never. Mm
2: -hmm. No.
0: Could never. What about you, Monica? Did you come up with one? I probably would say sci-fi. That sounds really hard. Yeah. I feel like it would be fun because you could have creative liberties, right? Because it's not real. So you could do whatever you wanted to, but at the same time, you can do whatever you want to. So it's like hard to almost like box yourself in and to figure out a, an idea without going too far. So I would say that's probably one of the hardest tropes to write. And I commend anybody that can do it. Um, so our last question for you guys is if you guys were in a book separately, what trope would you want for your story? Ooh.
2: I think I'd want to be in a mafia book I'd want to be like one of the badass mafia girls who like knows how to fight and like carries oh, a knife on her thigh you know what I mean like just high heels leather pants like what now and like you know makes a guy bleed like I would love that that'd be fantastic.
0: I have got to find the name of this book, but it's it's literally that she's like a Russian she's from Russia mm-hmm. and her dad was like weapons a weapons dealer for the Russian mafia or whatever, the mob, yeah. Russian mob. And she grew up around it her whole life. And then her dad was like murdered and she wanted to become a maid man. And it was like obviously never do that. But what happened was is she ended up getting she ended up getting abducted and she got abducted and she never spilled a word about anything and then they were she was rescued by like this italian mob guy who she ended up falling in love with kind of thing whatever that vibe and when she came back they made her a maid man because she like went through like horrendous torturing and never spoke a word about like the mafia so the mob so yeah and it's like her story it's really good and i need to figure out the title of it because it's really yeah, all right monica what's yours
1: um i'm going to go with the same the same thing that she's saying that sounds pretty badass
0: <laughs> mafia, mafia is just like yeah. the MD. it's like so fun I mean,
1: yeah like just being like the, the, the queen of the underworld vibe
0: yeah mm-hmm. for sure oh speaking of that i want to be in a hades and persephone retailing That's oh one.
2: yeah there's a couple really good ones out there
0: i want have you got okay i know probably i doubt it i highly doubt that you guys have read or heard of this but do you guys know what webtoons are yeah oh yeah <laughs> you, okay yeah uh, webtoons has this one called laura olympus where it's like a retail okay. but, Hades and Persephone but it's like cartoon versions but it's not okay, cool.
2: are they making a drama out of it like a Chinese drama or K drama out of it
0: no 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 it's like so like it's like you download the app webtoons no no, no. You-
2: but but like lots of webtoons get picked up by like I, the foreign...
0: I hope it does okay I, that's I, what I'm like, I was
2: like I want to see it okay cool
0: I hope it does because let me tell you shit's fire absolutely fire so you need to oh. definitely go check it out However, the end of our podcast, you guys have been seriously amazing. Like this has been super fun talking to you both. I was nervous. I was like, Oh God, (laughs) (laughs) but it was really fun. And I'm really glad that you guys joined us. Um, congratulations on falling for the villain. I'm going to leave you guys a few minutes to talk about the book, uh, tell people about, you know, anything you guys got coming up or something like that. The floor is yours for the next few minutes and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, so,
1: um, <laughs> all right, I'll go
0: first. Um, so Falling for the Villain
1: is, just like the title says, Falling for the Villain. Um, we, it is a, gosh, it's, so, it's a dark romance that does include Stockholm Syndrome, kidnapping, BGSM elements to it. Um, he is a slave trainer and he kidnaps her and she is a mafia princess. So um, that is the premise of the storyline and he is very much a, mil- a villain. Um, I do believe that he has redeeming qualities just because of his past. Um, But as far as like, do we change him to a hero? Absolutely not. He is 110% a a villain. Um, And we are fully aware that this book is not going to be for everyone. So it's willing to go in with it with an open mind um, mm-hmm. and write like you like to read dark romances of this nature then i would suggest to pass up on it but yeah. if you do want to try something different and want to you know be taken on a ride because it 100 percent is then this is definitely your jam um there is a solid love story in between this broken love story so you will get a lot of that you will get a lot of sex too we got a lot of sex in there the um chapter it's like, like literally yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of sex um so if you are in the you're down for that too um and then as far as like things that I have going on other than um Alpha CEO which comes out in August which is my jump back into inks and my cover reveal is actually next Thursday, I believe. Next Thursday or oh, Friday. Gorgeous, by the way. Gorgeous. I mean, it is probably my most favorite cover. And um, Lori Jackson did it, who is amazing, amazing, amazing designer. Um, and I'm so excited about it. So that comes out once the 30th. I think that's a Friday, right?
2: Episode. So. That's a yeah,
1: lot. Friday will be my cover reveal and it will be my jump back into inks. And it is a. Second chance, uh, best friends, baby sister, kind of billionaire romance.
0: Awesome. All right, Rachel, you go.
2: So, Micah like did a perfect job at describing falling for the villain. Um, yeah, I think if you're, I think maybe you have to be in the mood for it sometimes because it is so dark. But uh, definitely, if if us, like people that have never written stuff like that before, can can fall for him and can enjoy it. I think anyone. Can you just have to have like, just had a very open mind and understand like the way that we came at it um, from trying to like show respect to the characters and for like what they went through and the trauma and all that kind of stuff. Um, as far as me, as you guys know, I have Maxim' his book coming out now in August, not July. Um, I had to take a little bit of a like break in between because I'm working on a YA YA book called My Summer and Soul, and I'm um, also working on. I have two other paranormal books that I'm working on that we're pitching. Um, or that have been pitched and two other ones I'm working on that we're pitching this next week. And then also working on a graphic novel, a webtoon, actually. So the fact that you mentioned that like makes me happy. So um oh, we yeah. actually just submitted that. We just submitted that. It's called Swan.
0: Oh, it's a book it magna.
2: Dude, it's yeah, it's it's all it's that's what it is. It's yeah, this girl is feels ugly at school, gets picked on by all the guys, the illustrations are amazing. She ends up getting in a horrific car accident that's caused by actually one of the bullies. She doesn't realize it's him, goes to a different school and has had all this plastic surgery done. So now, all of a sudden, she's pretty and she deals with her insecurities that way. So, we're hoping that gets picked up. Um, but that is in the works too. And one of the graphic novels, every so graphic novel, also of my one, the dark ones, that's coming out really soon too. But I don't have to really do anything for that. So, I'm yeah, here. It's kind of all over the place, but I'm, I need
0: to know. I need, I'm gonna keep updated. I love a good graphic,
2: novel. I will keep you updated on the web channel. <laughs>
0: real um thank you guys so much for joining us uh congratulations on another great release and uh you guys were both lovely amazing and it's been great talking to you guys so hope you guys have a fantastic evening bye